Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Distant Potters. Welcome to part one of this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. I hope you guys are okay. Episode 189, we made it this far. First round of clips is coming your way during this section. Then if you are into the Socially Distant Sports Bar and you are a part two downloader on Friday, uh, we're going to be looking at the Paul Merson uh, documentary that's on Netflix. And it's Alice's book choice, I think, this time around. So... Don't forget to download Friday's episode is kind of my advice to you because it's really good, really interesting chat and very, 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 very funny as well. So what do you need to know admin-wise ahead of this week's episode? We'd still like you guys to click on the first link that is on the episode description. We are still trying to raise money for Matthew, trying to help him out on his fundraiser. So as I am recording this, Matthew has raised £102,000, which is amazing, but his target is £250,000. Matthew's got incurable brain cancer and he needs treatment to kind of extend his life. So we're trying to assist him in raising the money. He's a fan of the pod. He's a Ellis and John fan. He's a Mannix fan. He's a Wales football fan, a Swans fan. So he kind of hits an awful lot of stuff to do with us, I guess, and stuff that we love as well. So yeah, I think we kind of feel a big affinity with Matthew. So if you guys would be so kind as to click on the first link, just give a quid. Okay, if everybody listening to this gives a quid this week, he'll smash through what he needs to do. So if you could do that, that would be absolutely fantastic and amazing. And maybe you've got a bit of Christmas spirit about you right now and a spare pound. That's all you need. <laughs> then you can help him out. That would be absolutely amazing. Do you know what? It's Christmas time. I'm not going to push towards the Patreon and stuff because, like I said, I'd rather this month, if you were thinking about signing up to the Patreon, give the money to Matthew this week, okay? Just do that. And why don't you watch our content on YouTube instead? So if you haven't watched Paul Puppet Paul's videos... So Paul Manning makes these brilliant versions of, like the pint-sized episodes we put out on Sunday, Paul visualizes those. Some of them sort of pre when we started doing the video content as well. So we thought, how the hell do we do that? And we got Paul involved. So Paul has made puppets of all of us, and there are puppet versions on our YouTube channel. So if you search for the Socially Distant Sports Bar on YouTube, you will see all of that. If you'd like to see our video content, there's some on there every week as well. So there's little edits of sort of 15-minute chunks sometimes of stuff that we do on the podcast that we stick up as video stuff. If you want to see, I don't know, what length of beard I've got at the moment, what state of dye there is in Mike's hair or how ripped Ellis is in that particular episode, then that's that's where you need to go. Our socials as well, at DistantPod 
is where you can find us. So if you have anything you would like to say to us, get yourselves along on there. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm, I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting, how do I change that? How do I move that? I forgot to cancel that. And lots of the time we keep it bottled up. And whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a safe space to get those things off your chest. So whether it's like coming up with plans to to organize your life a little bit better or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash distant. I can't stand people chewing gum when they're speaking to me no and i chew gum all the time but i, I go through a lot of gum i don't leave it in my mouth for a yeah exactly do i because you don't know that i do because when i speak to you i've never got gum no i wouldn't have said you were a gum chewer no no i wouldn't have said that either i do two no. packs of airwaves a day minimum two packs of airwaves a day why the airwaves always, always want to have minty fresh breath have you ever know have i ever had smelly breath no no, I'll give you that. It's just the um. Why airwaves, which is the least pleasant of all the? Because yeah, it clears your sinuses. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty. Sometimes extras. I'm not. I'm not pressured oh. about the airwave, but but I, I do chew an awful yeah. lot. But never see that the, the incredulity because you've never. You, yeah. You wouldn't associate me with the gum yeah. chewer. No. No, I wouldn't. No, no, not at all. There we go. Yeah, but I would see. associate you with fresh breath. So well done. That's good. <laughs> that's what I mean. See. Yeah, that's I smell nice. I'm always drenched in aftershave. Menti fresh yes. breath. <laughs> drenched is the wrong word. Drenched. You'd have to say, I'm drenched. Oh, I am drenched. <laughs> Pour CK1 over my head every day. Drenched. I'd say my car, I, I've, got a, I've got a matching at the moment. I'm, I'm matching them up. So I got a matching aftershave in my bathroom. To what? Matching what? Which matches the one in my car. What do you mean? You've got one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I have a top of it in the car. Matches the aftershave in your car or matches the air freshener yeah. in your car? The aftershave in my car on the console in the middle there. What one mean? of the cup holders has got the same aftershave in it that's in my bathroom. So I'll, I'll stick with one aftershave for a spell. Yeah, but why have you got aftershave in your car? To top up for going to like meetings or meeting people or whatever. I love when people walk in the room and go, do you know what I knew it was you could smell you when you walked in? And not in a bad way. It adversely affects testosterone levels, Mike, so be careful. I could, I could honestly do with help lowering my testosterone. <laughs> I can't even say it. I got so much testosterone I can't even say it. Does it really? Don't you worry about me and testosterone, mate. That's that's the least of your worries. I'm like, I got the fucking back to prove it. What's that mean? Back and the and the tablets to prove it. Well, my back is as hairy as my chest. Is what I mean. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. Right. I thought you meant it was just yeah. ripped and that could only happen. Yeah, I thought that's what you via meant testosterone. Well. No, it's just really hairy. My one concession to mum: I will shave my back. Well, they want me to leave the chest, but I, I haven't cut my hair or shaved anything now for weeks. And it's doing my head in. Really? 
My chest has gone wild, gone feral. Yeah. So why, why do you? What, what topless scenes have you written for yourself? Oh, there's a few. <laughs> yeah. It's a few where you're naked, yeah? Yeah, there was a bottomless scene, but we're going to keep that for the second series if we get it. That's going to be my little, uh, hey, if you give us a second series, you get to see the full it. Surely Mammoth would have a hairy back. No one says a hairy back, mate. It's, 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 a, it's a work of fiction as well. It's it? unnerving on telly, I would say, a hairy back. Yeah. I remember seeing Nigel Redman in that Living with the Lion series, and he had hairy Oof. upper arms, like I do. But just you don't need that on telly. I think a hairy forearms and a hairy chest, yes. Mm. Mm. I will be shaving my downstairs area and my back. <laughs> Why your downstairs area? They're not going to see it, Mike. Confidence. Confidence, pure confidence. <laughs> there was a scene of me naked from the waist down. But as I said, I'm going to keep this for the second series. You know it's on BBC One, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but it's in post-watershed, it's fine. I don't, I don't, what, you can just show knobs? I watched Some Others Do Have Them yesterday, because I've become, I've become obsessed with Some Others Do Have Them now, right? But it's, okay. it's so bad. And the scene the other day, it was absolutely brilliant. It was on, it was on BBC Four about two nights ago. So the producer and the director made some wine. So Luke and Paul, we've all become obsessed with some others to have them now. So you've got to watch this one. This is class. For, for reasons best known to Frank Spencer, yeah. he's joined a Highland dance crew, even though he's living <laughs> in where the fuck he lives, right? <laughs> what are you doing that for, Frank? Because he wants to, he's become a, he's canvassing for a local liberal candidate. Okay. Who's Scottish. So he's right. joined a Highland dance crew to be there when he basically announces his candidacy and he's got a bit of a fundraiser. Frank Spencer, Taylor's oldest time, is going to do a Highland fling. (laughs) 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 Strong plot writing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you know what canvassing is? It's knocking on doors and being told to sod off by people you don't know. It's never. Did it wrong, mate. It's never. That's where the lips never get in. It's never. It's never doing that. Oh, that's really made my morning. So the final scene was a French with that. In full Highland gear and Betty in full Highland gear. Performing a fling with the, with these others, Scottish dancers, right? For the prospective candidate, who sat on a sort of dais with with some various dignitaries. Towards the end of it, it goes wrong. Oh no way! <laughs> Frank Spencer's kilt falls off, right? Of course he does. And he's and he, and he's bare assed, right? So you, yeah, you can just see you can see Michael Crawford's bare ass, right? Lovely. He goes to pull the the tablecloth off the dais, the table of dais, to cover his modesty, right? right? It's good already. As he does that, he pulls a bloke sat in a wheelchair yes. out of his wheelchair and off the dais. Oh, fantastic. So basically, it is an outraged liberal candidate. Yeah. A bloke who's fallen out of a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> because Frank Spencer's trying to cover his ass because of a Highland fling mishap. I thought, fuck <laughs> it up. <laughs> why am I slaving over a script with this? Yeah, why am I trying This low-hanging that? fruit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell. I'd love to be to that meeting. Who's the character who played Betty? Oh, um, I don't know. But her saying, oh, Frank, what are you doing that for, Frank? What are you Frank? doing that for, Frank? What are you doing that for, Frank? <laughs> I mean, as someone who is engaged to a comic, a female comic actor, that mm. was the role mm. for women in sitcoms oh, yeah. for about 60 years. Michelle Dottris. Michelle Dottris. Michelle Dottris, yeah, or Michelle Dottris, yeah. yeah. Who's, uh, oh, I mean, that was, that for, Frank? That, that, so the man would do something <laughs> silly or strange yeah. or odd or comic, and then the wife would roll her eyes. 
And you still see it in trips now, but yeah, it awful in the seventies for that. Talk about just to put it into stark contrast. Right after some others do happen, which is some of the weakest plotting and writing I've ever had the misfortune to endure. But I love it in that right. Well, they just wanted a hide and fling scene, didn't they? They someone had read or seen on Nationwide a thing about. It would be funny if his kilt fell off. His kilt. A thing about what kilt? A thing about. Let's let's go backwards from here, guys. A thing about um, a hide and fling. They thought, well, we'll just get Frank to do that somehow. And the old, you know, do Scots people wear anything under their kilt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The real Scots people. Yes. So, you know, you're in, aren't you? But on the back of that, so straight after that on BBC Four is Yes Minister. Oh, incredible, yeah. And the difference is night and day. Yeah, yeah. It was all about sexism the other day, and it was hilarious. It was all about quotas. Right. And there's all these, like, ten people sat on this this uh, cabinet committee, all white blokes in their 60s, all saying how how 100% they, they're the, uh, they were 100% for quotas and 50-50 and... And we were yeah. apologies, but but it, it wasn't suitable for their de- particular department. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they all they all agreed in the end. They have a vote to agree to the principle of it. Nice, but absolutely nothing at all happened. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "But look at us. We're 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 a cross section of, of society as it is." And they just yeah, they'd like they panned across this table, and there's just sixty year old white blokes with grey hair. <laughs> but the whole of that thing was so well written all the way through. And then I just I just came off the back of watching some others do have Absolute class. Some great jokes as well. Jokes that still really stand up. It's oh, um, yeah. and jokes that are still quoted. Well, Frank Spence. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, Minister. You still see, um, you still see that being quoted in newspapers and stuff during political scandals, because oh yeah, Humphrey just used Sir Humphrey just used to nail it all the time, mm. and far less has changed than you would like to think. My dad had the um, the transcriptions, the scripts. Right. Minister in the house. I remember reading them when I was a teenager. But yeah, it's really good stuff. But for me, because that my my bottomless scene is gone now. Right. So yeah. this was going to be your just, bum, but just for context, not your penis. I was into Spencer, though, but it was going to be a lot more yeah. in keeping with what was actually happening, a bit more realistic than I wasn't doing a Highland fling for like Kevin Brennan MP or anything. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing like that. No, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Removing any disabled people from their wheelchairs for comic effect. I kept that in. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> age. What are you on about? That scene's now in the second series. Okay. Which so I'm dangling, dangling. Hey, it's the second series. You get to see the goods. You get to <laughs> get see the, the goods. Bobbin's bum. <laughs> when I did a shower scene in Josh. Yeah. We blocked it, which means you sort of run it. But I was, I think I might been in my pants for that. Josh walks past with two, like, watermelons covering your butt across the screen. That sort of thing. Yeah, like any wise. When when Swede blocked it, hair and makeup said, can we have a word, Alice? And I said, yeah. And I said, can we have a word in private? And I said, yeah, of course. Do you know what you did? They took me to a a separate room, they said. Can you please let us shave your shoulders? Oh, wow. And I said, if you think that's for the best. That unnerving. So, yeah, yeah. fine. I think for telly, it is unnerving. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. People don't like seeing really hairy backs or shoulders. No. Yeah, I don't have a hairy back. It, it, looks hairy, it looks wrong. I just have hairy shoulders. It, mm. It's not. A, it's not a good look. No, it's not. Talking about women and in comedy, right? So Tiff Stevens liked a, a tweet of mine the other day. Okay, I've, I want to gig with her a couple of times. She's she's a lovely girl. Kind of good. Right. Yeah, yeah, she likes it. Good comic, right? Really good comic. Yeah, she's got on her Twitter. I just this is a pinned tweet, right? Tiff says, "Me writing about men like bad male authors write about women." Oh yeah. He charged into the room. <laughs> Her testicles bouncing gaily. <laughs> I saw a scar and wondered if he'd had a vasectomy. He opened his plump lips with a promise, but annoying words came out. 
Something about a football man. <laughs> Something about a football man. He charges the room, pert testicles, bouncing gaily. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, women writing blokes parts. Class. <laughs> well, I've got to take my top off, man. Because you remember, take my, my, my hoodie off. Take your top off, mate. It's fine. Yeah, if you're, if you're shaved down, you show it off the goods, mate. Yeah. Oh, wow, yes. Bloody hell. Put a t shirt back on. Whoa. 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 Bloody hell. Whoa. Didn't Bloody go as well as hell. I thought. Bloody hell. Look how long my hair is. Jesus Christ, look how long it is. That's mad for you. Yeah, it's weird. It's like how lockdown. Would you, it is. You had a wig fitting, yeah? How was that? Oh, mate. Two amazing things happened to me. Well, one's happened to me, one's going to happen to you tomorrow. This is the... the All right, uh, Mystic Meg. <laughs> <laughs> the wig fitting stunning. So Mammoth's got, we decided on Mammoth is going to have a wig. Not like a fancy dress style wig, but just thick 70s hair, which I can't grow, right? I'm, I'm past that point now. So my lovely hair and makeup bloke, James, I t- we went on a, on a day trip to Bristol to see these wig people. Now, if you've got a little back street in Bristol, you wouldn't even know it was there. Mm. There's no, the, the number of systems all over the place and there's a little door, there's no sign over the door, there's no nothing, right? So this can't be the place. So we go in there, it's only about, it's like two rooms downstairs, two rooms upstairs. But they've made wigs for basically every Hollywood and TV actor in the last 30 or 40 years. So there's a little room where they measure you up and they prepare what they call your block, which is like your head they're going to make your wig on. Then there's a room where they sort of curl the hair, cut the hair, dye the hair. Then there's a room where they make the wigs. And then there's a room where they keep all the wigs, right? Okay. The, the blocks, I should say. Right. So you go there. When I go to the, she said, do you want to go on a tour of the place? So I'd love to have a tour of this place. Yeah, it looks amazing. You go in the room where they keep all the blocks. And there's hundreds and hundreds of these heads on shelves, right? On like racking. Okay. But I'm talking Robert De Niro, Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, you know, Joe Pesci. I mean, A-listers all the way. And then like all the Oprah blocks from over the years and she had yeah. worked in there for years. All the stuff from the Lord of the Rings, all the stuff from, you know, just big blockbuster series. Okay. Scorsese. It's just amazing. Yeah. And I said, what are the numbers on there for? They said, well, for instance, one of those stuck in my mind, Bruce Willis was 254, right? So there's his head. Right. It says Bruce Willis 254. You go on like these filing cabinets, they've got a 254, they get a folder out, and there's like three Polaroids of front sides of him wearing the wig, a hair sample, hmm. and then you've got the, the wrap they put around your head when they make the wig, like a cellophane wrap. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They sort of bind your head with cellophane and tape. Right. And they draw the hairline and the stuff on there. Okay. So I said, that's been, on, that's been wrapped on Bruce Willis's head. She said, yeah. yeah that's, you know, all of these people, they got all their stuff here. I used to have a mould in my face done for Fancy Football League. Okay. Where they wrap, it's like Plaster of Paris, but they, they wrap your face in it. Yeah. For about half an hour, you've got to sit there. So they've got a com- perfect mould of your face. It's for prosthetics, like yeah, yeah. false noses and stuff. Yeah. Take it off. Said take it off. <laughs> but they've done Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and all sorts of stuff in this place. Mm. And yeah, they would, they had moulds of like Benedict Cumberbatch's face and Tom Hanks's face. It's great, isn't it? I love all that shit. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. When you go to the pit, when they're making it upstairs, four people making the wigs, mm. and because they would just finished the Hollywood strike that that day, it finished that day. They thought, thank God, because we've been on hold basically. They do all the Hollywood stuff oh, as well. Okay. Yeah, you put this like lace. There's like a lace cap they they, they attach the wig to, which is fitted to your head, with tiny yeah. like millimeter holes in it. For the hairs at the back of the, where you feel your hair, where it's thicker at the back, so where you sort of go bald last at the back. Oh, is it? Okay. That's four hairs per hole. And then it goes forward to one hair per hole at the front to make it look natural, right? That's, they're all okay. hand-tied. 
So you look at you can look at a full head of hair. Every single one of yeah. those hairs has been threaded through a hole and then hand tied. It's absolutely bonkers. It's, ama- it's amazing to watch them doing it. So it must take ages. It takes them weeks. Must be a quicker way. No, not not, not that looks good. And they said if you got like all the hair comes in straight, so they'll they'll curl it there. So they they've got these different sized look like pencils from thin pencils to thick pencils where they curl the hair. Yeah. But if you put in like African hair in. Then they've got it's like a it's almost like a cocktail stick. It's got to be okay. so tightly wound on there. Yeah, yeah. And then they sort of pressure heat it in like a pressure cooker, so that it'll always go back to that shape and that curl and that bounce. It's, it's amazing to watch. That's really cool. There was one like Chris when Chris Hemsworth did Thor, world's best looking bloke. Yeah. Do they do Thor's hair? Yeah, like that's wow. what I thought as well. So, but there they got a lap, they got his block with his hairline yeah. and stuff on it. But his one's got loads of different colors on the top of it. Okay. So what are the colors for? She said every yeah. one of those colours is a different shade of blonde. Hemsworth's got different shades of blondes. It just looks amazing, honestly. I was in my fucking element. The bloke comes in and he says, I'm thinking about some uh, light catchers. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, not quite low lights or high lights, but just a little slightly different shade. I said, yeah, that sounds good, yeah. And he brought in two samples. He said, I'm thinking about a little bit of this, a little bit of this. I said, yeah, okay, great. You're the expert. He said, I'm thinking probably 50-50 mix. What do you think? I went, I want to go like 54-46. Honest, fifty-two forty-eight, Charlie. <laughs> I said, "I'm joking. You can do whatever you like with it. You're the you're the, you're the wig guy." But their stuff's amazing. I can't. I cannot wait. I can't fucking because then once it's made, then you style it. So it's styled and it's cut and it's done and it's. I know it's going to happen, mate. I, I won't want to take it off. No, that's what's going to happen. I, I can already feel that. Yeah. If I've got big seventies hair, I, I've, I'm in no rush to take that off. But I bet Hemsworth felt that. I bet he thought, "Look at these locks." Look at he's this. also got he's got a thick head of hair anyway, isn't he? He's well, he could easily grow it. I'm not, I'm not disputing. They said the other thing that Hollywood people do is they'll have some will have wigs made mm. that are identical to their hair, so that you know they wouldn't they go out as themselves like award ceremonies and out and about. But when they're on set, because they're there on twelve hours a day to stay pissing around all the time, ah, oh, stick it on an extra. They'll have a wig made of the exact same hair. Oh, yes, please. To put over their hair. Oh, oh to put over their hair. Oh, I was going to stick it on someone else. Okay. You sit there for me, pal. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great, that is. Body double, yeah. Is that... <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito walking on my hair. I'm fine. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. <laughs> Amazing, though, mate. So it's a bloody fascinating thing to see. Just people doing their job really well as well. You know yeah, I, mean? I love so... that. When I went to the uh, prosthetics place, you just think, everyone in this room is an expert. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. And they loved it as well. Like the people measuring the hair loved it and the people making the wigs and talking to them. And, and there's all these... Christ... Because they're, it's like when you watch the Oscars and they'll show like best actor, best director, best uh, actress, best film. Yeah, you don't see all the other Oscars they give out then, do you? I mean, if, if you can yeah, go on the red button and watch the it these days, ones, but no yeah. one does. Yeah. So I'm in the back room and they were with all the blocks. Are. I said, "Is that a real Oscar?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "Is that a real BAFTA?" She said, "Yeah." Wow. I said, "Can I have a, can I pick them up?" She said, "Yeah, go on." So I picked them. They weigh a ton, especially the BAFTA weighs an absolute ton. Yeah, so yeah. I got the Oscar and the BAFTA on my hands. Photos taken with them. They're for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Stick them on the website. They're for Lord of the Rings, the two of them. Oh, if wow. my kids ended up doing a job mm. like that, I'd be so pleased. So creative. Yeah. All the photographs there, mate. Because the only people who do that kind of thing love it. Mm. And if you love it, then you're happy. People you would never in a million years think are wearing wigs are wearing wigs. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. So uh, I can't wait. I can't. So Monday it arrives. So Monday oh, the cool. wig arrives. Right. So that's when I get the fitting and get all the, and then James can start cutting it, styling it and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But tomorrow, I mean, that's the good side of it. The, the ball lake of the business. Yes. Oh, I've got to do this without giving. I'm going to say that there's a, there's a horse in 
in the series, right? As, as your friend. <laughs> talking <laughs> no. horse. You're talking horse, yeah? <laughs> my best friend. Oh, He's my best Mike. friend. Good idea, Michael. <laughs> 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 okay. We just, I can do the voice. Do that again, Steph. Got, yeah, I got, I got your horse, man. <laughs> yeah, Steph Guerrero. We found the guy. <laughs> he does really good horses. <laughs> I've got to go to Milton Keynes tomorrow, which, if you live in Cardiff, is a pain in the ass to get to. It's yes. three and a half hours to get to. Mm. Yeah, okay. Further than you think, Milton Keynes. I've got to go to Milton Keynes. Yes. And no, and no easier way to get there. And worse yeah. than you think as well. I gotta go to Milton Keynes to sit on a horse to get horse assessed for health and safety. Gotta pick a sexy horse out. And then I gotta come back to Cardiff. So seven hour round trip to sit on a horse for probably twenty minutes. They can't horse assess you in Wales. Nope. No horses in Wales? I said there's riding schools everywhere. Shit, yeah, but they've got to be like TV proper horses. Cinematic horses. These gotta be it's like gotta be a TV horse. It's gotta be TV horse. And it's got <laughs> they've gotta be an accredited It's this horse in equity. They've gotta be like an accredited horse place. That can that can give you the certificates horse for health and safety. Place. So I got a, I got have my horse, my horsemanship assessed as well. Another word for that is riding, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, your horsemanship, my horsemanship skills. I like horsemanship though. So when was the last time you showed off your horsemanship skills? Fortieth birthday. Kelly ride arranged you to have a little ride on my. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember not like that. that. Oh, no. Yeah, that's fine. On my fortieth birthday. It's fine. It's fine. The only one I had as well, but never mind. <laughs> horsemanship. So Milton Keynes is sitting on a horse. Well, sit, sit on more than one horse, I would have thought. Try and make the most of your time in Milton Keynes. Mm. It's Ben's birthday. Oh, I've, I'm getting picked up by a driver at 8 o'clock. I want to get there for half past 11. I want to be okay. off the horse by 12 and then back in the car <laughs> before half past 12. So I, so, I can, so I can get back here by in time for them to come back from school. This feels ambitious, I would say. Yeah, it's going to take longer than half an hour to assess you on a horse. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, they reckon 45 minutes. Well, they've got to go through all the horses, surely. They'll look at me. They're, they're horse people. They'll say, oh, you, you need this horse. They're horse people. <laughs> well, they're horse, they're experts, and they're not sticking in a fucking Shetland pony. That's what they think <laughs> I understand that, but they're probably going to have more than one big horse that looks good with yeah. you. So I'll sit on two big horses, and they'll say, go left, go right, stop, go. Right, you're done. You're going to say that to them. You're going to say, go left, horse. Can I mount a horse? Yes. Can I dismount? Yes. Can I make a horse go? Yes. Can I make it stop? Yes. Can I make it turn left? Yes. Can I make it turn right? Yes. Can I make a horse go? Do they say go and stop? I'm not sure Lester Piggott was doing that. Go! Go! Go faster! Fucking, come on! It's a click, isn't it? On your marks, get set, get wet. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't work. (laughs) Go on, Ed. I told you they changed the camera sound speed chest when we were recording. What do you mean? Oh, because... Well, because I wanted to be like Mammoth. So I said, can you, can you change action to chest? She said, yes. Yeah, chest. Great. Great. Camera speed, sound speed, and chest. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to know what I'm going to feel like with a big full head of hair for the first time since I was probably 20. Confident. Yeah. So. I hope it removes some I of know. the confidence in your uh, personality. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it'll drain some? Yeah, that'd be great. I think that when the wig is a little on, bit of you, one of those humility wigs you hear so much about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the rage. I it? think it will do that when you remove the wig. Here's my prediction. I, I think oh, I'll be will, crushed. confidence will go sky high, which is what you want as an actor when you've got the wig on. Mm. And then I think wig removal, car journey home, you'll be sobbing. Yeah, yeah. The come down. I'd be very surprised if, it's, if yeah. it goes as well as I think it will. <laughs> yes. I'd be very surprised if I don't end up wearing a wig like permanently. 
yeah. on, a, on, a, on a daily basis. Mm. Like Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton's got 360-odd wigs, apparently. Okay. No one's seen her real hair since the 60s. Okay. But what I can also do then, I can shave my head nice and short. Yeah. It just makes it easier day-to-day, isn't it? Training and showering and stuff. Yeah. Not that I do a lot of training these days. Or showering. It'd be bloody weird, mate. I'll be honest, right? If, if you start wearing a wig just as your default, it would be... No one else is going to say. You're not going to know, are you? Well, no, 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 I am because I've seen your hair now. But <laughs> no one else is going to say. Have you, mate? You, that's fucking weird. It would be people <laughs> knowing would absolutely crush me. Yeah. So I've, I'm, I've, I've, I don't care. I've got know. very, oh, I know you don't. I've got very fair, pale skin, apart yeah. from in June and July. You were in a wig. Yep. <laughs> it's good. Isn't it? Yeah. And. Yeah. When I have, because so, so if you if you're on telly, they 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 put makeup on you to brighten you up a little bit. If, I suppose in effect, it's like a moderate fake tan. Okay. And I always look mm. so much healthier. Mm. And there's a small oh, part of me. Small part of me would like to wear, uh, at the very least, tinted moisturizer every day. Mm. Well, do it then, mate. But it's because people would know that I was doing that. I can't yes. get past that. Why? But that's like wearing clothes. Yeah, I know. You've got clothes on, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a thing you do, didn't it? I even went as far as buying some. Did you? And then Izzy looked at it and went, what is that? Who's that for? And I said, me. And she went, why? Fuck, is wrong with you? I don't know. I went, yeah, I don't know. Bought up on mistake. Because it makes you feel good. Because I want to feel good about myself, Izzy. Get it on. Yeah. I remember my mate Tom, when he was started, and he's got a full head of hair, and he's in his 60s now. When he started going grey... Mm. He bought some like just for men, mm. but so he didn't want the boys to know that he was using just for men. He would just rinse it out almost immediately, and not leave it in like for the oh, really? minutes. What are you doing? He said, oh, "I'll do all the boys, and I'm dying my hair." So don't fucking buy it then. Yeah, don't dye your hair then. Or buy it and just don't worry what the boys think. Mm. Just tell them you dye your hair. Why do you care? Like I'm really pale now. Look, this is gonna get this horrible bright light here, mm. which makes you look white. And I gotta get the walls painted, and they're all bloody just bare plaster at the moment. Horrible. And you know, I, I, I can't dye anything with my hair at the moment. I'll do anything with my hair. So that's just gone back to grey. I've got a grey face. Oh, I can't wait to get a bit of slap on. It's not coming off once it goes on either. Yeah, I've got a kind of yellowy, grey, green complexion. Yeah. That's yellow. <laughs> I mean, Steph's the one with a bit of colour yeah. on his cheeks, isn't he? Yeah, but that's just... Is that blood pressure or just Portuguese? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's high blood pressure and the hair goes so high you can't fucking see the skin anyway. <laughs> There's very, yeah, there's very little skin and an awful lot of anxiousness. Yeah. <laughs> your, your skin looks good. What's that? Anxiety. Anxiety. And most blood pressure. Yeah. Anxiety yes. and pressure. Yeah. I'm, yes. I want 80 over 200. It's massive. <laughs> it's going to be intriguing. It was bad enough in the pilot when they dyed everything, dyed the sideburns, dyed the moustache, dyed the hair. Mm. At the end of the night, going out on a shower, seeing all that come off in the shower was bad mm. enough, right? But to actually have proper, lush, thick human hair again. Not some fancy dress wig or Elvis wig. Someone else. Another human. Yeah, fuck them. I don't care. They've been paid top dollar for it, I'd imagine. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Would you like to know those people? They've rigged in a cool four or five pound for that. Would you like to know those people? Would you like to have, uh, to have come from a friend? But they haven't given me a fucking kidney. Oh, no, it's going to grow no, back. I think they should get a credit. <laughs> Tiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wigs made by, yeah. hereby. <laughs> right. They get them in, it, it looks weird, Mike. They're big, full boxes. Those big sort of under, under under bed storage boxes. Yeah, yeah. Just full of human hair. Lovely. In bunches, like, you know, in like ponytails, big thick ponytails. Really weird. That is weird. But it's going to be, I can't wait. I'll, I'll send you a still. 
That'd be great. Uh, some photographs I'll have the week put on. That'd be really cool. Oh, it's going to be fucking epic. I can't wait. Right, first round of clips for this week. Who wants to go first this week? I'll go first. Go on then. We are recording this prior to Wales playing Armenia on mm. Saturday and then Turkey on Tuesday night. Should yeah. we win in Armenia? which is uh, not an easy task. That was set us up for a winner-takes-all game. Well, it's not actually winner-takes-all because Turkey have already qualified, but should we win, we will qualify at the expense of Croatia for Euro 2024. And I can't think of many things I want more than for that to happen. So this is the Welsh team training at the Vale, I assume, uh, mm. before they flew out to Armenia. And they're just checking a rugby ball about. I love watching this Welsh football team who seem to get on very well and the spirit in the camp seems to be very good, relaxing and having a laugh when they're training. I also love the fact that they're checking a rugby ball about because there's something so Welsh about it. Because <laughs> yeah. even though they're the football team, yeah, yeah, they're in the gym and they're just throwing a rugby ball about. So some of the players, like obviously Ben Cabango's brother is a professional rugby player. Yeah, so player. Ben Theo. Can, yeah, so ben, ben, ben can pass a ball. Uh, Connor Roberts grew up in the Swansea Valley, grew up in Crainland, so he's obviously played rugby. But I think that some of the players, especially the ones, the dual qualified ones who might have grown up in England, yeah, I think they're being shown up to spin past a rugby ball. Mm-hmm. And but because they're sporty young men, because they're professional footballers, they're all picking it up quickly. Mm. I just, I just, re- I don't know why I find it's really, really heartwarming to watch. I like watching sports people. Do their uh, do another sport? Yeah, like, was it the Spurs players? It was Spurs playing, playing cricket. cricket. Yeah, yeah, Ben Davis and Gareth yeah. Bale and Son and yeah. I, I know, before cricket matches, I know that you know famously Glenn McGrath got injured slipping over playing exactly. Football, but yeah, I, I do like watching rugby or football as a warm up for cricket as well. Mm. I don't know why, but there's something Maynard when he was part of the England setup. He always used to bring a rugby ball along and they would chuck it around. Sort of pre-Ashes test match. Great. The Australian cricket team have an AFL ball. Mm. I've seen them sort of uh, play footy, mm. which I, I just really like. I just really, I there's something quite heartwarming about it, and I can't put my finger on why, actually, but I just think it's really cool. Well, a friend of the pod, Mike Powell, went down to Cardiff Academy recently, like last month, I think. To, Rug- okay. Rugby Academy. Rugby Academy, to give him a catching session. Oh, oh he's really? like His background's in like That's cool. county cricket and, you know, High level cricket, yeah, because he's a good fielder. Mm. And I suppose he teaches rugby at his school as well. But but he can, you know, there's certain mechanics that you wouldn't think there'd be any crossover at all in catching a cricket ball and catching a rugby ball because the difference yeah. in size. The kids I coach, I talk about the high balls. I said, you know, this this is going to sound ridiculous, but a lot of catching is you catch with your feet. Just so it's getting yourself in the right position to catch a ball. You know, it sounds yeah. daft, doesn't it? <laughs> but um. Yeah, so we went down there and did a yeah. catching session with them. I thought, that's great. I love I love it when there's like crossover in sports like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is very cool. Also, is it Mepham who does the little grubber kick? Yes, it is. The yeah. grubber kick at the end. The little kick. Yeah. Just they're sits all, up. They're all like, hey! <laughs> well, he was born in Harrow. Yes. And he grew up in the sort of Watford area, I think. Mm. So, you know, I don't know if he would have played much rugby union at school. I doubt it. Because he also used an academy from a young age, like they all were. Yeah. So yeah, he just it just seems to be sh- shown it by players who've obviously played a little bit of rugby. I mm. think there's something very charming about it. 
What I find weird now, so on a Wednesday with Ben, because he's rugby mad, we'll sit down and watch uh, what we used to be the Booster game, now the Bucks games, aren't they? So we'll watch Bucks rugby. The Bucks super rugby, yeah. Yeah, so I watched yeah. I watched the Met Exeter game yesterday. And then we go on S4C, they're showing his school is, is one of the uh, top rugby schools in the country, state schools. Yeah. So they show that as well. So you got like, I thought, my God, yeah. I'm either born... 20 years too early or 20 years too late, right? Because if I, I'd, have, I'd have loved being growing up in the 70s, it would have suited me down to the ground, right? I'd have loved okay, the, yeah. the look and the yeah. fashions and the music and the sounds and the cars and the TV and everything else. Yes. I would have loved to be in my 20s now in university playing rugby that was televised with a proper with a proper yeah. grandstand and people watching. There's only a simple the Met Ultra. So you've got people like, you know, fans yeah. and a stand, people watching a game of rugby on floodlights. Like, Christ, that would have been right up my alley, that would. Because no one yeah. watched. I, I played for that team and no one watched it. Yeah. And I, and I went to a school that was a good rugby school and nobody watched it. And I, and I don't mean like only a couple of hundred. I mean us, yeah, the no, teachers, yeah. and that was no, and nobody yeah. asked. Yeah. That's the same. And I loved it. The school I went to was a really good rugby school. Mm. And again, you'd know, be playing later rounds of the Welsh Cup. And because my dad was the head teacher, he'd be there. But apart from that, there'd be yeah. no one watching. Yeah. And I think we're almost at a sweet spot now where I think America's weird that if you're not playing it, you're watching it. And hardly anyone plays it. But you've got these huge yes. crowds. Where over here, most of those people watching the game yesterday at the Met game will yeah. also be rugby players. They, they, they don't just watch rugby. They all, they all play rugby as well. Yeah. It's just a nice mix. Well, there's eight or nine different teams. So, yeah. yeah. So those lads will have played their game in the afternoon. I thought it was hilarious, then, mate. You know, on the guys that, who play hockey will have gone over. It's on that Bucks TV. The mm. swearing is next level in the crowd with, with, the, with, the, with the songs. They're right. proper like student songs. And it, yeah, but you could yeah. hear it because yeah. there's not a massive crowd there. There's, there's about a thousand people. Watching, right? You can hear every yeah. single word crystal clear. So I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> you can stick your fucking up, and they they keep doing this uh, yeah. interview through it, right? I thought this you've got to reference this at some point. This is great. Yeah. I think the f word upwards of forty times. Now. This is <laughs> I remember our our school, the first fifteen played teachers and ex pupils. Mm. Mm on the rugby pitch and the whole school watched and we were all stood on the bank. So there were like 800 people watching and it felt yeah. like an, it felt like a proper rugby match. Yeah. 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 Thinking, this would be, if this happened all the time for the first 15, it'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah. But if it never does. Around the time of Barry Rugby Club Centenary, they played some games at Jenna Park and to go down there okay. on a big flat pitch with a grandstand, I thought, God, why would you want to go back to the rugby club? This is brilliant. This is like prop. This yeah, is like a, yeah. this is like a day out now. Watching the rugby it was great. Is there not a rugby? Is it? Is there not a grandstand at Barry Rugby Club? No, I tell you what I've seen is the plans for the the new clubhouse, and they are fantastic. It's going to be so good up there. They're really good. I mean, I'm a Barry boy, right? It's not my rugby club anymore, but it all sort of always will be. But okay. you talk to people in community rugby about the way they do things in Barry, and they're getting it all right. They, they get the community involved. They do their women's programs really good. They do got the veterans rugby going. They got a massive junior program up there. They got the disability sport going up there. They do like because they were in a, quite a, a, a tough part of Barry, quite a deprived area. The actual clubhouse, you know, they got drop ins and they could go there and get and get like hot meals and you know, they, it's just they're doing everything. It's, it's a proper community hub. So because they're doing yeah, that yeah. the right way, there is funding there if you know if you if you're doing it right. So I've seen the. The plans for the new clubhouse, if they build that, I think, well, they are going to build it. It just looks fantastic. It'd be, it'd be such a good resource. And what they've done as well, they've now got murals on the existing clubhouse. They've put murals up there. 
So there's the girl from Barry who was the first Wales cap from Barry. I think Mason's on there. Uh, they got a, going back to the fifties. I think Jeff Beckham, I think his name was. These beautiful murals on the side of the clubhouse they've done. Yeah, it's weird with football mm. because if you're good at thirteen, fourteen, you're in academy mm. system, so you're, you're going away. You know, yeah. you're you're playing all your foot. You're probably not allowed to play football in school because you get injuries and stuff. Yeah, but school rugby still is a thing. But I'm sure the Met get there was the fellow yesterday in half time they were talking about he'd come back from Newport Academy to play football for the Met. Yeah, so there's obviously good footballers there as well. But there's you know there's lots of them coming through the system, which is you know nice to see. But I love that. God, that makes it back. for him now. Like so, so Ben because he, he's that he's that sort of level. I said, but did that excite you? Like playing? Imagine we sat down with him and watching you on TV like every week. Yeah, but it's just a thing now, isn't it? It's just water for ducks back for kids. He wouldn't think anything of that. I remember watching. Um, it was two youth teams on S4C, and they were probably under 18s I'd say. Mm. It was a team from North Wales playing a, a team from Pembrokeshire. I remember thinking it must be incredible for the for the clubs. Because they'll get money from that as well, and also for the players. But it's also reflective, you know, a national channel should reflect its communities. Yes. And especially in a small country, it's that, that that's very worthwhile programming. So there's S4C games now for like, for schools rugby. Yeah. They're playing on the Arms Park, floodlights, and you're on the national yeah. broadcast, you're, you're on, you know, S4C. And I'm, and I'm also pleasantly yeah. amazed at how many people, well, two things. One, how many people speak Welsh? So they played Llandrithlo yesterday, and the coach there is right. a Welsh speaker. A couple of the boys got interviewed. They're Welsh speakers. So after the game, so they're interviewing Lloyd Lewis, who I've got to say, we know him from the live show down at the, at the arena. Yeah, yeah. got the Good. best Cardiff Welsh I've ever heard of. Yeah, him. yeah. It is. And I said to Ben, listen to this, and he was, he was, to him it's just someone speaking Welsh. To me and Kelly, yeah, yeah. It. I said, God, this is brilliant. I said, this is, we talk about it being a living language and it changing. Cardiff Welsh is like a thing. It's like street Welsh. I yeah, yeah. It. it sounds really cool as well. Yeah, didn't it, Jess? And he's, well, he's a cool yeah. bloke anyway. So you've got like a cool bloke who does rapping and plays rugby for Wales, talking in Welsh. Did he go, did he go like, Gwynclu, I think, in Pontypool, I think he went. Yeah. Yes. Did he? I think that's where he went to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 From what I remember from chatting to him before the show. It sounds amazing. He's proper, yeah, he's proper... Urban Welsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. a, it's a different... Just a different inflection on everything as well. Yeah. And weirdly for me, I love it. this is sounds daft. I found it easier to understand because the way yeah. he speaks and, and he'll drop he'll but drop English words in now and again. I think, oh, and that gives you enough of a foothold to think, I know what he's talking about now. Okay, I got it. Yeah. It's my it's 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 an accent I'm used to as well. Mm. So, you know, there there would often have been kids who went to the Welsh speaking schools where I'm from, and they would have a completely different accent when they spoke Welsh. They would put on this sort of formalised, yes. almost, depending on where the teacher was from, yeah. maybe even a West Whalian. Well, we were told to, that's why. In school, we were always taught, you know. Exactly, yeah, that's how you're supposed to Speaking do it. Speaking a Welsh accent, but I'm from Barry, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although that does then lead to Sean Edwards' style of French, which I absolutely adore. <laughs> What's it? Which is great. entirely Wigan accent. Like I said before, but if someone, if, if Charles Asenvoir speaks English in a French accent, I think he's the coolest bloke in the world. If Sean Edwards goes over that, there and speaks that, you French know what? In, a, in a northern accent, you think he's a dickhead. I've never thought of it that way. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting with Cardiff Welsh, because it's a new dialect. It's only really existed for sort of 30 or 40 years at most. Well, it started really with Welsh education, Welsh medium education in Cardiff. What, what you have is you've got kids who've got parents from West Wales and North Wales, often with a parent from each. 
So then they end up with a kind of hybrid Welsh, like Welsh, like I would speak, or Welsh, like a sort of someone from Gwynedd would speak. You've also got kids who are Cardiff born and bred, who don't have a history of Welsh in the family, or not for, for, a, for a few generations, who speak like they're from Cardiff. Mm. It's kind of accent my cats. That's not my kids, no. Yeah, yeah. My kids are like that. That's how, they, that's how they speak Welsh. They're learning Welsh and they're learning, often being taught by a combination of teachers who have that accent also from West Wales and North Wales who moved into the city. So then you have this odd things happen where things in Welsh is is pethe. It's actually pethai. Right. But historically, West Walians would say pethe, which is how I would say it. North Walians would say petha. Right. But petha is how you actually say it, but that's how kids from Cardiff say it. So it's like a sort of third, it's like a third pronunciation of a word that's all already existed and is kind of how you should say it. But because dialects and accents have got in the way and colloquialisms in the sort of what traditional Welsh speaking heartlands, it's kind of been taken back. It's kind of come back into fashion really by sort of with kids from places like Cardiff and Newport and Pontypridd. Coming home, mate. It's coming home. And they say petha. It's really, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing what's happening in Cardiff, I think, with the Welsh language. Well, yeah, the dads I speak to on a Sunday, whose kids are in Welsh school, that I, that I coach with and watch the games, they sound like Welsh speakers, even though they're, mm. you know, Cardiff people or South Wales people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But their kids now don't. They speak Welsh, but they sound like they're from Cardiff. But also, sometimes you will, I will meet kids who went to the Welsh schools in Cardiff, and I will assume that they are from Carmarthen, or I'll assume they're from Carmarthen. Yeah. What's happened there is usually they've got both parents are from the same town. Yeah. And they picked up their parents' dialect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a mate of mine who I watched um, football with for, for probably the first three years I met him. I thought he'd grown up in Gwynedd. Yeah. He grew up in Tapswell. Well, his parents are from there, yeah. But because his, both his parents are yeah. Carmarthen, and that's how, he, that's how he sounds. Yeah. So you get that as well. Like I was uh, talking to, uh, to a woman... And I was absolutely stunned that she'd gone to school in Cardiff because I just assumed she'd gone to my school. But both her parents were from Carmarthen, so she sounded exactly like me. But that's that's also a kind of rarity because most kids sound like Ben. Mm. Yeah. But it's a, it's a new accent. Get a price from the Super Free Animals has got that accent, True. for instance. Yeah. That kind of Cardiff yeah. accent speaker. Much. I love it. I think it's amazing. And also it does lend itself to stuff like rap and hip-hop. Well, I used to work, work with him. I tell you, back in the day, I worked with Gitter. We were like 18. I had no idea when he said he was in a band. I just assumed he was in a band, you know. And then I only found out they played Club Eva Bach in these places. But I think it was before Super Furry Animals, or maybe they became Super Furry Animals. Right. But they, and then I said, he'd been playing like some folk festivals. And I said, what? And I only found out then that he was a Welsh speaker. I didn't know he was a Welsh speaker. And, but he got yeah. moved off his desk to go and answer the phones. Well, there we go. Because there was, there was only about, in those days, there was only about three people in, in, in this is the Department of Trade Industry. It was a big old, employing an awful lot of people yeah. in Cardiff. Because Gitter could speak Welsh, they put him on answering the phones. Love it. They, like, no one's got yeah, Welsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be the Welsh bloke. Okay. Okay, cool. I can do that. <laughs> so rugby's part of that. Make sure if the rugby team, if the uh, if the Welsh boys are playing a bit of rugby in the training. Love it. At least, great. Magic. The one fella's got a nice... I, I, I was watching on my phone, but who's the fella who's coaching him the rugby? Oh, oh that's Ben, is it? Ben Cabango. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, is it is Ben. ben who's, yeah. Yeah. Sure, we spin it off the one hand and then you add the second hand and all that sort of stuff. Good lad. Right, my clip for round one comes from 
the wonderful TV series Ainsley Eats the Streets. <laughs> this is Ainsley Harriet during the Istanbul episode of that series, getting caught up in the middle of a Besiktas against Fenerbahce riot. At the stadium, it's not quite the carnival atmosphere I was expecting. I find myself right in the middle of a football riot. It's like a madhouse. There's sirens going off. There's police everywhere. They've blocked off the road, so I can't even see all the lovely food that they normally have at the football match here. This is madness. I don't get this down in the Emirates. They're firing water cannon out the people. People are running all over the place. Got flames going over there. Finally, I call full time on the football and the hope of finding any food stalls. <laughs> <laughs> Does your researcher know nothing of football? <laughs> Unbelievable. So I, I went and found the actual episode of this to watch more of it because that. how does this... He basically is looking for how he gets to the football and bumps into just some Turkish bloke. He's like, you want to go to the football? Mm. And he's like, yeah, I like football. Yeah, 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 I'm one of the lads. Yeah, love me yeah, football, mate. Love me love the football. Oh, up the gunners. And we're going to get a half and half scuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just follows he follows this bloke to the football. And then all of a sudden, his, his main mission is to eat the street food. You know, yeah. Hence, Ainsley eats the streets. So he's heard that the street food at the football, at the footy, will be great. And he gets there. And it's all, he's, I'm not going to get any street food today. <laughs> what a great thing to be your main concern. Yeah. Imagine seeing like water cannon the same. There's no food on the go. I found the lack of prep in this clip absolutely chilling. <laughs> you do not want to be in a foreign city with a really hostile derby happening, you, and you're there with a the camera crew trying to beat a hot dog. Uh, you, you, <laughs> it just, it, I found it petrifying. You've gone to Istanbul, <laughs> famously not easy going when it comes to football. <laughs> so either yeah. the researcher has gone. Oh, look, it's not, it's not against Galatasaray, though. It'd be fine. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. One of them's still on the Asian side. One of them's on the European side. It's still... They're actually closer together than Galatasaray and Fenerbahce are. It, it's, it's insane as an idea. I mean, when United played there in 1993 or four. <laughs> there was that flag. Welcome, Welcome to, hell. to hell. Yes. <laughs> Ainsley's gone to hell to try and buy a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You got any yeah. uh, any flatbreads yeah. and hummus? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, god. Oh, I love it when he says you don't get this at the Emirates. I laughed out loud at that. Point. He gets more and more. Well, he gets less and less TV presenter Ainsley, and gets more yeah. and more. Oh, I will get a football. He really yeah. he goes London really hard in this, doesn't he? You feel it, no one, mate. But it, like, as a defence mechanism of, I can handle myself. Don't you worry. I'm gonna be all right here. I'll get this down the Emirates. And also, mate, it just, it is unfortunately not another nail in the coffin of the TV chef. <laughs> well, you wanted him to actually get water cannoned. Well, no, I didn't want him to die, but I just want him to stop being a TV <laughs> chef but- and, and, st- and ask all the other ones to stop doing it as well. A- Ainsley being tear gassed. I'd love to see how Ainsley would respond to tear gassed. I'd watch that. Yeah. I, I would like that. He'd try to laugh it off. He'd try to laugh yeah. it off, wouldn't he? Percy Pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> He'd love that. Yeah, hold, hold up a red pepper spray or a green pepper spray. <laughs> yes, that's what it would be. 
He used to do he used to do the comedy circuit. He did, yeah. He was in the Calypso yes. Twins, and they would do the Comedy Store and John. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. The Calypso Twins. He was in Hail and Pace. He was in Red. Which Bull. one was he in Hail and Pace? No, <laughs> yeah, he, he was an extra in Hail. And okay, Pace. yeah, it was a <laughs> controversial episode that was. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, after he'd done Red Dwarf, for the 10-year anniversary of Red Dwarf, he presented a special edition of Can't Cook, Won't Cook called Can't Smeg, Won't Smeg. That's, that's not <laughs> The cast of the show cooking a meal while remaining in character. That's 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 a one-minute meeting, isn't it? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> what should we call it? I don't give a fuck. I've got to go. <laughs> call it what you want to call it. You've called it Can'ts, for fuck's sake. I've got less problem with... Ainsley than Mike, I think. I don't mind him. I got, I got a problem with this, with a couple of exceptions, right? With Keith Floyd, I still love his attitude. What, of just being pissed? I still like Gary Rhodes. <laughs> and why? Gary Rhodes just You've made... got a problem with TV chefs, but not with Rhodes is a hell of a shout. Rhodes. Rhodes I like Gary Rhodes. Five for me. No, fuck off. He had nice hair, Gary Rhodes. Didn't have nice he hair. Like he the Smith. Well, the spikes. He gelled up spikes. The spikes. They look good. They look good. Oh, come like, did, on. Did they fuck? It was shut up, you dick. It was the 90s. He had wet look body shop yeah, gel. Yeah, bad. I could smell him through the TV. Yeah, me too. And his cheek. He, he smelt of that pink gel that came in the pot. Yeah. And was probably flammable. I would say Rhodes. And it would be like, you'd use half a oh, pot yeah. per, per head. Absolutely. He's bloody died, Gary Rhodes. Oh, I feel bad now. Yeah, he died for five years no, ago. I didn't, I didn't realise that. He died. Sorry, mate. It's okay. I, th- I think. No, I feel bad. I think he can handle it. I think he can handle it. There was nothing. Nothing. He didn't say anything bad about him. Just didn't tell him to go to his hair. Yeah. I don't know. He's dead though. Well, I think. You know. I think it's fine. Yeah. I, think it's I, I mean, fine. legally, it's, it's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem with cookery shows. Hmm. I've bought a few cookbooks based. Oh, I love on cookery, cookery shows. shows go on. Is I just find cooking on the telly so painfully dull. Do you? I love it. Oh, it's fucking horrific. Because you don't get to eat it. Oh, no, 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 no. You just go and replicate it. Then it's fine. If they were sending meals around to every licensed fee pay, oh, right. I'd be bang up for it. Oh. But it's so dull to watch. Oliver, love. No. Ram, Warrell Ramsey, Thompson. dickhead, but love. Warrell Thompson, no. dickhead. No, 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 no. Dickhead. <laughs> Nadia Hussain, I'll watch. Her desserts look amazing, right? Nadia is saying, if she wants to come around my house and cook me dessert for the rest of my life, that suits me fine, right? Yes. Outside of her, the ones that are alive, right? Mm. Well, Rick Stein and her, right? Stein's great. That, Love Stein. I'm, str- I'm struggling outside of that. Nah. For the same reason there's like celebrity refs, right? Just fucking ref. It's, it's not an interesting thing you're doing. Just ref. Okay. You're there, you're there so that a game can take place. Yeah. If you're cooking, you're cooking so we can eat food. Right, I, I don't, I don't get it. They all think they're interesting. Like that, James Martin thinks he's an interesting bloke. But they make you fucking. Oh, he's a knob. I don't like him. You just cook yeah. food. Yeah, I don't like him. You might have to go on Saturday Kitchen if Mammoth goes well, though, mate. So. Oh yeah, I'll, 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 I'll believe me. I'll be massively hypocritical about it when I'm on yeah. there. <laughs> I'm at all. You're all right. Like You're everyone right. else fucking does. Should we go driving in our cars? <laughs> right. No one ever makes it. No one ever makes that no. stuff. I do. Do you? You don't. I of a cookery show. Yes. When? Right, so a weekend ago, I made sweet potato gnocchi. When do you get fucking time to cook food, you <laughs> lunatic? You're always doing like ultra marathons and three jobs. When do you get back? What do you mean, when do you get time to cook food? It's a necessity, you bellend. <laughs> fucking crazy dickhead. All right, then. All right, then. When when do you get time to sleep? This is what I don't concerns sleep. me. He cooks instead of sleeping. 
I made sweet potato What did you cook then? Go on. Sweet potato gnocchi, right? Which sounds wanky and saying, oh, no, no, I am a middle-class wanker, but actually isn't very hard. And I wouldn't have mm. done that were it not for, I don't know which one it was, but probably Jamie Oliver. Yeah. So, and it's a piece of piss. Absolute piece of piss. But if he wasn't on telly doing it, I'd never have thought of doing it. Can you not buy the book? I don't yeah, know. yeah. But stick it on to, yeah, but like the YouTube, the, Go through it on YouTube. I can watch I'll it. watch, like, occasionally get someone who's, who's you think would be good company. Rick Stein seems like he'd be a great company to go away for a weekend with, right? Mm. Go to, like, go to the Basque region with Rick Stein and he cooks you up a, a, a meal with the locals. Lovely, right? <laughs> That's a weekend. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything worse than going somewhere yeah. with fucking Gordon Ramsay. No, he, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd rather go to watch Galatasaray <laughs> with, with, with an away shirt. <laughs> With an away shirt on. <laughs> the one that Ramsey does with Gino DeCampo looks awful. I've never watched mm. it. With Fred. That looks like terrible television. Yeah. I must admit, though, watching him have a go at bad restaurateurs who don't know how to run their businesses is quite very nice. entertaining. It's, it is quite right. Yeah, but, but we all know enough about TV to know that doesn't actually happen, though. That's yeah. the thing that winds me up as well. Mm. Can you do that again? I'll go a bit, 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 bit angry. This skate is undercooked. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, mate. You've given me undercooked skate. You fucking what? Are you trying to fucking kill me, you fucking cunt? <laughs> cut. Sorry about that. Was that all right? You didn't mind that. Did it's you okay. Think? You didn't mind, you didn't mind yeah. that. Was the cunt you didn't like the cunt. What if, uh, wanker, all right? I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll be as aggressive, but I won't say cunt. You're trying to fucking poison me, you fucking wanker. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you. Lovely. Right, moving on. You've got moving two on. options there in the edit now, guys. Okay. <laughs> use cunt or wanker. Depends. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. E4. We, we can use, use cunt. <laughs> The execs have told us we can use it once, but only once. So decide if that's the one you want to get away with. I don't know. It's yeah. up to you in the edit. He didn't mind. Did you mind, mate? Yeah. He didn't mind, did you? No, he doesn't mind. It's fine. Just checking. Good. You got kids yet? Do they want their own show? Yeah? No problem. We'll sort that out. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> what are they good at? Nothing. Not a problem. Not a problem. No, fine. Fuck fine. off. Fine. We'll Jesus give him a show for a series, then we'll stick him in the jungle. It'll be fine. <laughs> that Jake Humphreys clip he's on is the most unself-aware. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then he said, I should sell my Porsche. You know, what oh, the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought, you, oh, got I thought you were. He's you got a point. No, well, bastard, is it bastard? You fucker. Yeah, yeah, fucker. I, think, yeah. I thought you fucker, but you clever fucker. Clever fucker. Yeah, you'll sell a Porsche you, option, eh? No, <laughs> I had half the money for the deposit. What? Yeah, the old. I managed to scrimp Porsche. together twenty grand. I was just scrimped. Uh, give me another twenty grand, could you? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll give you twenty grand, mate. If you sell your Porsche, you, ah, you fucker, you clever fucker, uh, you clever. But that advice has got me through. Oh, I guess what I did ten years later. Guess what I did ten years later. Bought it back, bought it back. Same bought, car, bought same it. fucking yeah. car. Same fucking car. Oh. And then Jake Humphrey's almost like, just jizzes on the spot of that. He point. does almost car. Oh, oh. oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> There's some sage advice there. If you've got a Porsche, you should sell it by a house. <laughs> so remember, kids, if you can only get together 20 grand and your father-in-law <laughs> reluctant to give you another 20 grand to buy your first house with a 40 grand deposit, then Ford. there's always selling the old 911 option. <laughs> fucking ball bag. I think we've all taken something from this podcast. <laughs> oh, same car, same fucking car. <laughs> the kids call it being reassured, I think, but not a single positive comment underneath that tweet. Yeah, I bet. I bet. 
Because I don't, I don't know who that's appealing to. It's not a relatable story, is it? Ah, yes. No, not the slightest to anybody. I've watched this clip. I think we should sell the Porsche. Actually, I've just, I've got it, love. You listen to Stallone. Well, Stallone had real faith in himself, and he wanted to get Rocky made, and he sells his dog, his favourite thing in the world. He sells his dog. He did. He sold his fucking dog. I don't think that's right either, though. No. No, but listen, because he knew that he would be, he'd make a success of it, and he said, I'll buy the dog back, right? It depends where he sold it. He sold it to some punter, kept all the details, and when Rocky went massive and he won the Oscar, and it was brilliant, yeah. he bought the dog back, cost him 30 I, grand to buy that dog back. I would tell, that, if I was that dog, I would tell Sylvester yeah. Stallone to go fuck himself. Yeah. And his well, famous just, fucking... In, Stallone was thinking, this is collateral on a loan. I know I can pay it back. I've got faith in my abilities, right? Give me the 500 bucks. Yeah, and in six months' time, I'll give you 30 grand back. But I need the 500 now to make this thing happen. I don't think that's right. Yeah. I don't well, know I think he made it, it. He should kept his dog. Yeah. Well, they both be skipped then. That's fine. I'd prefer that. Dog story. dies of old age eating fucking leftovers. I don't mind that. Still lives in a bed sit. I'm, I'm happy Instead of which, the dog's living a fucking high life, living <laughs> off like Mr. Caesar three times yeah, a day. But he knows deep down that at any moment, Stallone will sell him again. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Cons- two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get in the cage. Get in the, get in the cage. Get in the fucking cage. Imagine he read the script to Rocky Five. <laughs> fucking yeah. street fighting in that. That dog's shitting himself yeah. at that point. Yeah. Oh, I'm going again. Bollocks. This is all. Hey, Pitch. <laughs> he fights Tommy Gunn. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting the dog back at that point, are you? <laughs> that dog's gone, man. Box off. Fucking dog's bond. dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Same dog. Same fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, oh, Mike. What's your what? clip for round one? Oh, this is good. This is just a bit of fun. This is on a, on a Twitter account that someone sent me the other day. This is Stephen Fry pay, playing General Melchett, and they've obviously hobbled this together to him commentate on football matches. Now, what have we here? Good Lord, George! <laughs> I want to cover every inch of your gorgeous body in pepper and then sneeze all over you. <laughs> God, it's a spankingly beautiful world. Now then. Mm. Absolutely tip-top. How do you do, young lady? <laughs> ah. Excellent. Hardly touched the man. The healthy humour of the honest Tommy. Walrus face. God, it's a barren, featureless desert out there. Yes. Oh, yes. Badly defended. Excellent. Go <laughs> oh, tally ho, yibbity dap, and zing zang spill it. Ah, good man. Now, well, bugger me with a fish fork. <laughs> Maestro. Isn't it about time you changed your shirts? Exactly. <clears throat> the Germans seem to know every move we make. <laughs> yeah, boo sucks to you, Fritzy. Chuff, chuff, then. See you all in Berlin for coffee and cakes. Yeah. There we go. Bit of fun. Bit of light. Bit of fun. fun. I absolutely <laughs> love Blackadder. I absolutely love Blackadder. Goes forth. I think uh, Stephen Fry steals the show in in Blackadder. Goes forth. Yeah. This is just funny. What he says about the the on the on what she said the honest British Tommy when he's like yeah <laughs> in the Liverpool yeah. game yes it's just it's just a funny clip just he barely laugh. touched I, him he's gone <laughs> straight through him 
I must say, bugger me with a fish fork about 14 times a day. <laughs> on my go-to. <laughs> so quotable. Don't see fish forks these days. You don't see fish forks these days. They've been stuck on people's asses. That's why. They're all on Stephen Fry's house. <laughs> Massive internal bleeding, fortunately. <laughs> so right in this, you don't realise how many cast are in it. Like there's just all the small parts and whatever, whatever, whatever. And hmm. The first one of Blackadder, there's like 30-odd cast when you got the script book. Yeah. Hmm. And by the second one, it goes down to sort of 20-odd. And by the third one, there's about 15. By the fourth one, there's only about six cast in the whole series. Hmm. They keep it, well, maybe 10. Yes. But it's kept really, really tight. They're in that bunker nearly all the time on Melchett's office. Yes. It's a, it's a superb bit of writing. Like, like the royal family is, they manage to get all that humour out of one family in one room on a sofa. Yes. You know, by because the characters are so really well created by Caroline, right? When you watch this, by the fourth series of Blackadder, you sort of know exactly what everyone's like. Yeah. So you can get away with just, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking brilliant bit of writing. He's a great character in this. Yeah, it's also universally regarded as one of the finest final scenes ever. Mm. And mm. they were really unhappy with it at the time. Yeah. They kind they fixed that in the edit with it sort of blending into the poppies. Because but the way they run over when they go over the top. Yeah. It's actually really shit. They couldn't get it right, could they? Because they run in a really shit way. No, they thought it and they thought it looked really naff. Yeah. And they were like, great. Yeah. The series has gone really well. The final episode mm. is brilliant. If we could come out at 28 minutes, it'd be fine, but we, we can't. Yeah. And now we've just, we've kind of bodged this very, very final scene. But yeah. It's great. It's really powerful stuff. But what's, what's weird as well is um, first series I don't like at all, but it's before Ben Elton comes in. Ben Elton changed. See, I like the first series. Because he wrote the first series. Richard Curtis did, yeah. Was it, I, th- I think, yeah. So, no, but Rowan Atkinson wrote it with him the first Oh, did he? Okay. And I, th- and I think Rowan wrote a lot of it. And, Ro- and Rowan thought that he was just not up to the job in a real act of self, sort of self-awareness. So they brought in Ben Elton to write with Richard Curtis. So it was, it was Rowan Atkinson that dropped out as, as a writer. So I'm not up for it. I can't do this. And I don't think these days they'd have got that second chance. Oh, absolutely. Mm. No, no chance. No, no. I like this. There's, there's great bits in the first series. You know, the witch, the witch smeller is, is a great bit. There's, you know, there's good bits in it. But the rest of it, man, bloody hell. For three series, to be, to be that funny and that good. And Stephen Fry's brilliant in the, in the, in the second yeah. series as the. Uh, Hugh Laurie as, the, as well. Yes. What an amazing career he's had. Amazing. Yeah. From that to House. Yeah. yeah. Aid Edmondson. Aid Edmondson's yeah. in the. In, I've got to use an NPC word for this, right? Sorry, but it, it is in context. There's a bit where he's been Blackadder's been taken prisoner by Aid Edmondson's, like the sort of he's the Red Baron or something. He's like one of the German flight races. Baron von, yeah. And he says he, they have this long conversation in the cellar where he's got him captured. He goes, you know, I'll have to paraphrase all of this, right? Because I haven't seen it for years. Yeah, but he's going to Blackadder, you know, us two brother flyers finally can be together, you know, and bonded by an unspoken comradeship and all this sort of stuff, and you know, noble flyers and Blackadder. No, it's not Blackadder; it's, it's Flashart. Flashart takes his gun out and just shoots him and goes, "What a puff!" <laughs> <laughs> noble brother flyers, <laughs> bang, yeah. That last series, like there's Blackadder and Baldrick and Hugh Laurie. Steve Fry. General Melchett. Tim, what's his name? There's Darling. McKinnery. Tim yes. McKinnery. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Mail and Edmondson who come in. 
and Miranda Richardson, Miranda Richardson for a little Bob. bit. Yeah. 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 There's probably about two more, I think, apart from it's that. It's a world class cast, that, isn't it? It is. Little Bobby it? Parker. <laughs> Bobby Bob. Parker, the driver. Yes. Oh, God. He goes, what, what scale is this map? He goes, uh, one to one, sir. <laughs> they, they, they take it like a yard of, of soil over like six years of fighting the other thing is because it's set during the first world war it hasn't dated yeah yeah no. and because the set is small as well i think it works loads better and yeah and the set is small and it's written largely in the language of the times so it's not it's not using sort of late 80s yeah that's true sort of vernacular that comedy completely changed people's opinion of Haig, for one thing. That sort of, you know, that's when I, I remember being in school, we did the first awards when I was in first year of comp. Yeah. We're going to do those sort of your country needs you posters and all that yeah, sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that was seen as glorious and that was seen as like the first war and all that sort of stuff. That just became, after Black Adder, people thinking, what a fucking waste of time. What a, what a pointless waste of life. All these dickheads stuck miles behind the front line telling people what to do. You know, it really, it was a real. Class commentary, that yes, comedy as well from mm. writers who'd obviously done the background reading as well. Yes, yeah. When he watches the pitch, mate, what's about halfway through the clip, and they're on. He says, oh, "God, it's a barren landscape out there." And there's one of those classic seventies football games with not a blade of grass on the field. <laughs> yeah, Proper sandy. But also, it shows the power of art and comedy to change people's opinions. So I was talking mm. to someone who'd seen Dear England, the Graham Southgate play at the National, and he was there on the first night. And Greg Dyke, who was director general of the BBC at one point and was, uh, he was chair of the FA, there's a bit in the scene, there's a bit in the play where he appoints Southgate and then he looks at the audience and he goes, oh my God, what have I done? Or something along those lines. So this person I was chatting to was there on the first night and Dyke was there because it was press night, presumably, and he was having a piss. And he was absolutely furious because he was like, "I never said that. I when we appointed Southgate, I never, I never panicked about it. He was just, yeah. I, he was having a go at the bloke who was next to him in the urinal, <laughs> like talking about it. And then he like, everyone who watches that play will assume that that is what happened. Now. Yes, yeah. So being misrepresented must be a really, yeah. And yeah, with General Haig, I think of Melchit. And I think yeah. of the Black yeah, Adder. Completely. It's interesting. Like um, I was talking to a mate of mine the other day. He's got kids as well, and I was saying, you know, if you could go back to pre-kids, would you waste as much time sitting around watching telly as you did in those days? And he was like, Yeah, but I learned shitloads yeah, from telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't mm. view it as wasting time. He's like, I've, no, I learned half the stuff that I know from telly rather yeah. than from you know reading or from. Films or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The TV's this underrated art form. Yes, definitely. I had a couple of like encyclopedias that I would read cover to cover all, all the time. Like the big book of the giant book of what do you know and um, tell me why all these sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, three hundred and sixty-five things to know was the one I had. Mm. You know, but then everything else. I used to love like document history docs, and yeah, geography yeah, docs, yeah. and life on Earth, and uh, you know, as a little Labors. kid, like under, Jack Cousteau's Underwater Kingdom. Kids, like really young kids, tell you, like CBeebies level, definitely yeah. helped my children to read. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, the hammering of the ABC and stuff and phon- really simple phonics and stuff, that definitely helped my children. I know read, loads really more. Reading. If you want to cry uncontrollably, right? Not get really. a bottle of Rioja. <laughs> I'm all right. Get a, get a bottle of Rioja, right? My son's yeah. 14 tomorrow. 
and go on YouTube and just play it like a selection of CBeebies uh, theme tunes from when your kids were very little. Right. So you just play like in the night garden and then it'll play like um, uh, alpha blocks and all these sorts of things. Is the YouTube or the Rioja making you cry more? <laughs> Because I just get that would it that just goes it's a, it's a it's a cliche right my mate Luke's has got a who's producing Mammoth he's just had a baby now right about a, right. two or three weeks ago and he looks knackered all the time yeah like, I bet. you doing mate he said mate I need eight hours sleep I said yeah we all need eight hours sleep but you're not going to get it for two years but you need it yeah but you're not going to get it so don't worry about it right and 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 he and he he's not you worrying all the time I said yeah you, you'll keep worrying you you don't stop worrying about stuff. I said, but it's brilliant, it's and, worse. You, and you'll really, you'll really miss it when it's not like that. When it's when they don't need you, when you don't, when you're not need. Oh, I do, mate. Really? My my kids don't need me now. Right. They, I love them, and they love me, but they don't need me. Anymore. I like them. Not the way they used to. They're nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's just I love different. All that. But it's different. When you're their world, though, it's lovely, isn't it? Really? No. Yeah. Fucking hell, yeah. Oh no, I want them to have their own worlds. Oh, no. I want, I want me to be the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to find the world. I really miss it. Because I was doing this while I was doing, like, comedy, hmm. and Kel was, went back to teaching full-time. So I, I, when they were really little, she yeah. obviously took a maternity off and stuff, but I spent so much time with them when they were little. Yeah. I can remember, like, I put Ben in one of those little bouncy chairs, you know, when he was about a year old. Hmm. You know when they should have rocky with your foot and they sort of bounce back and forth? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one of the, like the spring low, like a you know, yeah, like yeah. a wire frame. Like a- I should put him in there, and I just watch him for like an hour, just rocking him with my foot. Yeah, and I would take pro- I would take a photograph. I'd probably take like four hundred photographs a day of the same photograph. Fucking hell! And come back and show Kenny. She's like, "Are you all right?" <laughs> yeah, you know, if you not watch the West Wing or Dexter while you're doing it, <laughs> is there something you could be doing with your time? And then just listening to like kids' programs all the time. So when I put those sounds on the other day. You know, as soon as that the way blues came on or in the night garden, I just I just fill right up. Swirly woos. Oh. You see the ninky knock going off into the distance. Oh don't. Oh, that used to piss me off, the ninky knock. Fucking bollocks that show. Shut up, you idiot. It is, yeah, it's hard to watch. When to see the live when when you see the live version, that was a waste of time. Never if yeah. you've got little kids. Do not take them to live versions of your favourite CBB stuff because they won't give a fuck. No. The exception not. being the Octonauts was good, I would say. Was it? The Octonauts live was a good experience. It'll be 30 or 40 quid mm. and you'd have to and there'll be there'll be merch everywhere and mm. they won't care. And no child has the attention span for a show. No. No. They're climbing no. all over the place after yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but if, to hear that, way balloons. Oh. Even Alpha Blocks, even that stuff I wasn't even that into. <laughs> Right, even the alphabet <laughs> set me off. Number, 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 number blocks. Awful, Joe. No. Um, oh, no. where's your flipping? I just wouldn't. What, what, the t- TV shows that I watched as a kid, like if Pigeon Street came on, I go, "Oh, that's cool," but I wouldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Thomas the Tank Engine comes on. Oh, well, there's programs that do that to me. It is easier though <sighs> when they're a little bit older, when they can tell you what's wrong. Yeah. When they can, exactly when they can explain themselves, it's just. It's just so much easier, especially when we're around stuff like illness. I don't want easy though. Oh, I don't know. My, I would trade easiness for that look when they just like you know, the, you're it. Yeah. No. Unconditional. You're it, and that's the way. Oh, it? I don't. Oh no, when they're ill and you just can't tell how ill they are because they can't speak. I think it's massively conditional. I don't think it is unconditional, Mike. I think it's conditional on you. <laughs> it's just sent- getting the cow pole. Yeah, they're like cats, really, aren't they? And rocking that chair. Yeah. Yeah. 
No. I think it is very conditional love. No, you're off. <laughs> I really miss it. I really miss it. I think it's because he's, because he's turning 14. Turning a teenager was weird, but 14 seems like you're getting... Could just be a Thursday and you'd be like this, mate. I said to Betty the other day, I said, probably between the ages of 13 and 15, you are going to think I'm a complete idiot and you're not going to want to be around me and I'm going to embarrass you. And she said, yeah. Do you want me to record a voice note on your phone now that says, I don't mean my actions when I'm aged between 13 to 15 and I'm confident that I will like you again once I've gone through puberty? And I said, yes, if you would, that would be great. That would be really helpful. <laughs> Actually, well trained. That's good. Like Ben will still, little things, like if I watch his, I would watch his football yesterday, I could only, I could only sorry, rugby, I could only get there for the first half and I had to shoot off for work. So he sent me a text. That I, was, I was driving to work and he was like, thanks for coming, Dad. I was like, oh, Aww. mate, he's, he's such a thoughtful, Ellie, and I love her, and she loves me, right? Couldn't give a monkey. Yeah. Like, she, 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 she was looking at, like, boarding, um, going to, like, boarding theatre schools for the age of 16. I said, you're not going to go. Amazing. I said, you're not going to boarding school at 16. Why? I said, what, what, live away from me and mum? She went, yeah. Yeah. I said, what? What, <laughs> what for, like, three months at a time? You'd be right with that. But you should, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be no. That's the right answer. That kind of independence is great. No, it's not. Because think about you as a teenager and the kids who loved their mum and dads too much. They were weird kids. Yeah, didn't them too much. And you don't want to be one of those adults who's like my best friend, my mum and dad. My dad's my best friend. Yes, they are weird people. But there's got to be a grey area between the two things, isn't there? (laughs) A little bit. Wanting to move away at 16. I think think my mum and dad are my best friends. I think that's really healthy. Because she probably won't. She might. She might. But I I doubt she will. But that means you brought up a really independent, free-thinking... Well, that's one way of looking at it. It's your fault. I brought up a daughter who doesn't want to spend any time with me. She wants to be good at what she wants to be good at. But that's also perfectly natural. She's, you know, she's, she's year seven. Yeah. I thought, my, like, I love my parents. I thought, oh, my God, I was so embarrassed when I was, like, 15 for some reason. Yeah. I can't even explain it, but I Oh, was. I do embarrass them, yeah. Just, Well, I can. It's puberty, it? hormones. Yeah. Oh, ma'am, don't, don't walk past Boots when I'm near Boots, otherwise people might think that you're my mother. What does that mean? I had to go to the, <laughs> to to the shop and it's near her school. I said, listen, I'm not walking to school with you because Ben had gone to weight training earlier, right? They have, like, weights here. I said, I'm not walking down with you, but I'm, I'll be walking around the same time as you to the shop that's near the school. She's like... Oh, God. I said, what? She said, well, oh, so I won't bother then. Good. I was like, oh. good. Good, that's, that's the appropriate response. Good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well done. Oh, man. Taking that on board, Dad. Well done. You've, ad- you've adjusted. Yeah, it's a different one for the ego to deal with that one. That is the end of part one for this week. On Friday's episode, Mike's documentary choice, which is that Paul Merson one that is on Netflix about gambling and... It is kind of mind-blowing, especially as three blokes who don't gamble. Uh, it is mind-blowing stuff, and I really, really enjoyed watching it. Enjoyed the wrong word. I, I felt massively better informed about that stuff afterwards. It's well worth watching. Alice has the book choice this week as well. So tune in on Friday. We shall see you there. Hold up. 